Welcome to Inside the Draft, a weekly preview of the upcoming NFL Draft with insiders from around the country. Hey, welcome again to our Inside the Draft series here on Colts.com and the Colts mobile app and the Colts audio network. Anywhere you download your podcast, thanks for coming back. This is our weekly look at the upcoming NFL Draft at the end of April, which is on the near horizon. I'm Matt Taylor, joined today by Casey Vallier in studio, and we're in the height of NFL free agency so we'll try to combine free agency news and the draft with our talk today with NFL Draft Insider Chris Trapasso from CBS Sports. Chris, good to have you back on, sir. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me again. Absolutely. So let's start with the draft. Um, we just had the NFL Combine a few weeks ago. That's obviously a huge part of the draft process. Um, from there, what are a few of your Combine fallouts and takeaways from those four or five days in Indianapolis with all the prospects? Well, first and foremost, we have a super fast wide receiver class again. And it feels like just because what the college game is doing in terms of every team's running three and four and five receiver sets, not only is it a a very good wide receiver class again in almost every year, but like that 2019 uh, draft class where the Colts drafted Paris Campbell, it's another really, really fast class. I think it kind of speaks to the direction that we're moving in in the NFL that being able to be really good after the catch to create that yak that we always hear about. And then if you can't do that, to be able to hit those splash plays over the top with that downfield speed, super important. It's also a really good edge rusher group. I thought the defensive linemen in general were awesome there inside Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, And I think the quarterback class is a little bit better than people think. Just to get to see Willis, Kenny Pickett, even Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, uh, throw the football there in prime time. I think we saw that their arms are a little bit better than people probably thought going in. And like for someone like Desmond Ritter to test as well as he did, he kind of checks that box that teams are looking for in today's quarterbacks that you have to be really athletic and be able to improvise outside the pocket. Now you brought up wide receiver and quarterback. That's you know an ongoing search at both positions for the Colts this offseason. And um, the Colts are looking for long-term complementary pieces to Michael Pittman Jr., who went over 1,000 yards last year in year number two. Which receivers that are targeted for round two or three by you um, most intrigue you and guys that you think can still produce relatively big right away on the NFL drafted on day two of the draft? Okay, if anyone has followed me on any of these podcasts or radio shows, they're going to realize that I'm kind of like a broken record because the guy that I love the most in probably round two, Sky Moore from Western Michigan. He had a really good combine. He kind of has a smaller version in terms of his body type of Debo Samuel that he's like five nine and a half, almost 200 pounds, so he's built like a running back. Watch his film at Western Michigan. You see – the ability to beat press coverage at the line, that's key to what you just said, being able to have an impact on an offense immediately. If you can't beat press at the line, you're going to struggle in that rookie season. Very good at doing that. The yards after the catch is there because of his body type. He's got great contact balance. The routes are very good. He makes a ton of contested catches down the field, ran in the low four fours at the combine. So Sky Moore is probably the number one type uh, of wide receiver that I would say in round two player that could be kind of a downfield element or could bring a downfield element to an offense, Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama. A lot of people thought he was going to enter the draft last year, decided to stay for a super senior season at South Alabama. 
and was just a big play target really over the last two seasons for the Jaguars there. Uh, a little bit bigger than Sky Moore, around six foot, six one. Uh, the routes are very good too, and he just tracks it outstandingly deep. The one other receiver that I'll highlight that might even be could go into the third round because he was injured, George Pickens from Georgia. Now, he only played in four games last year, had five catches for 107 yards in those four games, was used very sparingly. But this is a former big-time recruit that the Georgia Bulldogs landed, uh, six foot three, under 200 pounds, so he really has that sleek frame. And in terms of having a catch radius like Michael Pittman has, George Pickens is right up there. He makes ridiculous catches. Uh, doesn't matter where the football is, if it's low, if it's above his head, if it's out too far out in front of him, he'll make those grabs. And the athleticism that you would probably expect from someone that was a big recruit, uh, that pops on film. Probably have to go back to 2019 or 2020 because he was injured towards ACL uh, last March, but was able to get back in a hurry to get on the field for that national title winning team. So those three in terms of fit in Indianapolis, being able to create more big plays and be a compliment to Michael Pittman, in round two or round three, I think they would all be home runs for Indianapolis. Now, Chris, we've seen, you know, throughout the NFL free agency early on, you know, quarterback has been a hot-button topic like it is every year, but a lot of, you know, potential changes here and there, and, you know, we're talking about this draft as it's being, you know, not a quarterback-heavy draft at the top, but you said it was a good combine for a handful of those guys. Do you think that's going to change any of the first-round grades that some of these guys are going to have from what you saw at the combine and then looking forward to their pro days? Yeah, I mean, I'll be quick on this because I already talked about him, but Desmond Ritter, to me, the workout that he had, that he showed that uh, there was kind of chatter that he almost had a wide receiver type workout, like six three and almost six four, two hundred eleven pounds, ran four five two and had a thirty six inch vertical, a broad jump of one hundred and twenty seven inches. Like that is a wide receiver esque workout. I think again because teams want their quarterbacks to have some mobility, have the ability to create outside of structure outside of the play design, having that athleticism definitely matters. So I think in general, I don't think there was a huge fluctuation across the league in terms of the quarterback draft board um, because we knew that Malik Willis had a strong arm, that Carson Strong had a strong arm, Sam Howell. It was more about Desmond Ritter showing that he's not just a big, you know, proven winner at Cincinnati, but is a really, really high-caliber athlete for the quarterback position. That's Chris Trapasso. Follow him on Twitter, at Chris Trapasso, NFL Draft Insider for CBSSports.com. Um, you know, we heard reports uh, heading into free agency, Chris, that it sounds like the Colts are letting Eric Fisher hit the open market, so the Colts will likely have a third different uh, left tackle three consecutive years on that offensive line. With that, how deep is the tackle class um, in the upcoming draft, and, and where can the Colts get a guy for the future considering they don't have a first-round pick? I'm not going to say that it's a tremendous tackle class, but it feels as though uh, teams have been able to recently get quality blockers in the middle of the draft. Whether it be guard, center, or tackle, uh, it feels like you can still get a, a starter who can come in and not be a liability first, but then by year two and year three, be a quality player. Um, so I, I like the tackle class in general. I, I don't think it's one of the top two or three position groups in this draft class. I think third or fourth round, someone like Max Mitchell from Louisiana Lafayette, 
played right tackle in college, uh, has really good athleticism. I, I think he excels as a run blocker, which certainly the Colts would like having Jonathan Taylor um, in that backfield. Sean Ryan is another name from UCLA who has a wrestling background, very good on the move, very methodical. Both of those players don't really get out over their feet. They're not lunging at linebackers at the second level. They understand, you know, just their bodies being in the way can often pave a lane for a running back. Uh, There's a lot of smaller school guys like Luke Gedeke from Central Michigan, Matt Willetsko from North Dakota State. Uh, I think they will be able to get someone that's not a marquee, you know, second-round pick that they could plug in at tackle in this offense. It still has a bunch of really good blockers up front and ultimately be fine in the 2022 season. Now, Chris, I want to look at the defensive side. You know, we've got a free agent in Xavier Rhodes who was here for a couple of years. He's an impending free agent. But when you look at the cornerback and defensive back class, how would you rank this in, as of years past? Oh, good question. I'm trying to think back to the last couple of cornerback classes. This is one of the better ones. I think wide receiver and edge rusher, best positional groups in this class. Corners, probably number three. Uh, unless I'm completely forgetting a position that I'm I'm not factoring in here. And I think it, it, it again, speaks to, in college, teams are throwing the football all yeah. over the lot, and teams understand that when they're recruiting that they need to have a bunch of quality cornerbacks. So another class that we will look back upon two or three years from now, yes, there'll be three or four corners that go in the first round. Uh, Derek Stingley, Trent McDuffie, Sauce Gardner, obviously, Um, Andrew Booth from Clemson, but names like Roger McCreary from Auburn, who has shorter arms, but his film in the SEC the past couple seasons was sensational. Kyler Gordon, Trent McDuffie's teammate, very smooth, bendy, flexible athlete. Martin Emerson, Mississippi State, that might kind of fill the prototype of what the Colts have liked in the past, bigger, longer-armed cornerbacks. Um, And one other name that I'll throw out, Cam Taylor-Britt from Nebraska. I actually just finished up finalizing his grade. I'm, I'm kind of late on these corners because I've uh, run through a lot of other position groups. Maybe doesn't fit the prototype, doesn't have 32-inch arms, but when you watch him against the run, uh, find the football down the field, he ran 4-3-8 at the combine. So I think Chris Ballard would like the athletic profile of Cam Taylor-Britt. Feels like someone that's really flying under the radar in this very deep cornerback class. It kind of fits what the Colts want out of their corners, the ability to, to tackle consistently on the outside, going to play at 100 miles per hour on every snap, and has the recovery speed to not allow those big plays down the field. Chris, I know your schedule is very busy, so one last one before we cut you loose. So I want to talk about uh, a team inside the AFC South uh, for the Colts, the Jacksonville Jaguars went on an absolute spending spree to start NFL free agency. Um, Plus, they're going to have huge draft capital again in the draft, picking uh, number one overall and then at the top of every round in this draft. How improved do you see the Jaguars being this upcoming season knowing um, they already have their franchise quarterback in Trevor Lawrence plus a boatload of resources to add around him this upcoming season? They'll be better. Uh, And I think we saw that late in the year with the Jaguars. I don't know how much better they've gotten. Uh, Zay Jones and and Christian Kirk, I think both are anywhere between quality number two and a decent wide receiver number three to give them huge money. I think they're in a situation that's tough to not totally bash the Jaguars. 
they have to kind of pay a tax to go to Jacksonville. Yes, you're in Florida with no income tax, but you're not a Super Bowl contender. You're years, two, three, four years away from probably being a legitimate contender. So I think that's why we've seen some of those deals come in a lot higher than we expected. But like you said, to have the first pick in the draft, that could and will ultimately shape how good or how uh, underachieving this team is. I still think they need to go offensive linemen, even though they signed Brandon Scherf, they franchise tagged Cam Robinson. If I am the GM there, if I'm Doug Peterson, the new head coach, I'll worry about the defense later in the draft. Let's pick Evan Neal or Iki Aquanu from North Dakota or from NC State or even Charles Cross from Mississippi State. Let's build as good of an offensive line as possible in front of Trevor Lawrence with these, you know, some of these new weapons. We'll worry about edge rusher later. It's a good edge rusher class, and that's no knock on Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, I, I think to have Josh Allen already on that team, who's proven to be a good edge rusher, uh, you can allocate your draft resources, that number one pick in the draft, a lot smarter. Because I, I'm of the opinion any team, especially when you're rebuilding and you have a young quarterback, if you're kind of flipping a coin between mm-hmm. an edge rusher or someone that's going to help your offense, go offense. The league, It's an offensive-based league, and a someone on that side of the ball that has a direct impact on your quarterback is going to move the needle more, even if you could draft you know, a 10-sack edge rusher. Chris Trapasso, again, online, Twitter, at Chris Trapasso. Thanks, as always, for the time and the insight heading into the draft, Chris. We always appreciate it. Uh, you're one of our favorites. You're a staple. So um, hopefully we can talk to you again down the road heading into late April, if you don't mind, and uh, continued success there online at cbssports.com. Absolutely. Thanks.